when I get scared, I go back to that moment of that girl sitting in her office before someone knocked on her door and said, you should be on The Bachelor to check myself. I'm like, okay, it's, you know, 1144 on a Friday. What would I be doing? What would I be doing if I had said no to being on The Bachelor? All the time. So I say you just have to go for it and you have to trust yourself and know that if you do get a no, that doesn't have to be the end of it. Build on that nose and stand on them until you get a yes. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Vulnerable. I am your host, Chelsea Vaughn, and today we have none other than the first Black Bachelorette, Rachel Lindsay. I honestly feel like she needs no introduction, but I will do it just so I have the chance to brag about her. She is a media personality that is a correspondent on Extra. You've seen her on Red Carpets. She has a podcast called Higher Learning. She also works with The Ringer. She came out with a book of memoirs called Miss Me With That, but she just recently came out with a book called Real Love, which is her first novel. Um, in conclusion, she's a badass. She's amazing. I obviously know her through Bachelor Nation, um, and I adore her. She's like a really big inspiration to me. Definitely one of the reasons I even ended up going on The Bachelor myself. So I am really freaking excited to have her here. And the episode's amazing. I... I feel like I usually just kind of pick a topic and then go from there. But this time I really wanted to like let the interview flow and just become what it became because I feel like she's just such a wealth of knowledge and I kind of just wanted to listen to what she had to say and have her kind of school us and tell us what she's learned since kind of being in this industry. And so we talked about like Bachelor Nation a little bit. We talked about how she's kind of transformed into an amazing brand on her own without it. And we also talked about like being a woman of color in the entertainment industry and in the creative influencer space and about pay transparency and how we can make sure we're getting paid what we're worth as women of color. So I love the episode. I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. And let me know what you think. Definitely DM me, subscribe to YouTube, follow me on Insta, follow us on TikTok, and slide into my DMs and tell me what you think about the episode. But here is Rachel Lindsay. I am super, super excited to welcome Rachel Lindsay to the podcast. Rachel, welcome to Vulnerable. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. This has of been a long course. time coming. Yes. You're actually my first bachelorette on the pod. Oh, and I'm honored. Yeah, of course. It has to be you. And um, this is like a really full circle moment. You were the first podcast I ever went on was Bachelor Happy Hour. Oh, really? Yeah, it was the first podcast <laughs> I ever like was interviewed on. <laughs> I like to think that maybe you ca you caught the bug from that. You thought, <laughs> you know what? This is what I want to do too. It, isn't podcasting like the most freeing thing you do? I love Seriously, it. so freeing, mm -hmm. especially after like being edited by other people. Now I'm like, oh my God, this is like my shit now. Like it's, I'm in control. <laughs> yes, yes. So I love it. Um, so we're going to start with what's going Vaughn. Okay. What is something that's going on in your life right now that you're excited about or something that's bringing you joy? Ooh, um, well, I am excited cause I'm like stepping into a new phase. I'm taking a step back from some of the work that I do cause my schedule is just insane and I'm taking the time to create more, um, because Ooh. I'm realizing how much power there is in that. Rather than yeah. something that you said just a second ago about like doing your own podcast, you're in control and you have the power. I'm realizing that to have longevity in this industry, you've got to have ideas and to create and develop. And so I'm taking a step back from some of the stuff that I was doing and I'm stepping into a new chapter where I'm all about creating in addition to all the other stuff and creating things that I'm like passionate about that mean something to me or that are super fun as I'm sitting here wearing a BravoCon sweatshirt, like things yeah. that I just, that I'm like into as, um, on the side. So I'm very excited about that. Oh my God. That what is so happen? exciting. Yeah. Are you like allowed to say what you're taking a step back from specifically or no? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to start freelancing with, um, extra soon rather than oh my God. Being full time. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And creatively, like what, what kind of space are you going to be creating in? 
I, well, more so in production, but developing shows or like in the scripted, nothing has been bought. These are just, <laughs> so if we can manifest that here now yes. if we want to, but no, more just like in the space of, you know, my book, I want to see that live on the screen because as was, I was doing it in a fiction way, um, in a fiction way, as I was doing the fiction book, I could see it. And so I have ideas for that, or I have ideas of some other things. I want to say too much, but just like, I have a lot of ideas. And so the more time that I have to myself, I can explore that, team up with people, really develop some of that, but more of, of on-screen work. And I have a couple of ideas that like could possibly be a podcast. It could go either way. Yeah. Well, that's very exciting to me. I know everybody else I'm sure wants to see more from you. Um, so that's really cool. I When you said that like you kind of related to me saying you liked being in control, that made me want to know what your sign is. I'm into astrology. <laughs> oh, What's yeah. We can talk about that. I'm a Taurus. Yeah. Okay. I'm you're a Taurus. I'm a Virgo. So, so we're both grounded. Like we're, yeah, yeah that makes Earth a lot of sign sense. energy. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, cool. So speaking of your book, anyone who doesn't know, Rachel recently came out with her first novel. It's called Real Love. So how was that for you? Because obviously writing a novel is pretty different from hosting or extra, like anything we've seen yeah. you do. How was being in that lane for you? Yeah. It, you're right. You're so right. It was so different from anything that I've done and totally different from writing a memoir, you know, slash book of essays. That's about me. You're stepping into a whole new space, which I, as I was getting into it, I learned how particular people are that are into certain genres. Like this is a romance novel or that's what it was billed as. And it is that, but it's also women's fiction. And so the people who are avid uh, romance novel readers were upset because their ending has to go a certain way and my oh. ending's more fluid. So it's like, well, I'm learning certain things like that, but that's, but one of the things I truly believe in, and I think people should talk about more is you got to ask for help. So there was so much that I didn't know. So I definitely had someone help me in writing this. Um, the idea came from me, but I had help with someone fleshing it out and teaching me kind of the ways and the way to develop characters and settings and, and, and to implement some s certain things and to make things not seem like they were so much. Cause a lot of people are like, this is based off your real life. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> no, it's l very, very loosely based. It's a what if kind of story. Yeah. So the, the process is fun because it's like a playground there's it's fiction. So there's so many places that you can go. And that was really interesting to me. And I think that is what sparked, the interest in me to want to create more because it's like, this was really fun to be able to do this. Yeah. I feel like that's the best part about starting something new when you kind of like have no idea what you're doing. Not saying you didn't have any idea what you were doing, but like, that's <laughs> obviously, true. yeah. And kind of getting to like flex those creative muscles that you haven't used in a while or that you've never used. Um, so it's really cool to hear you say that. Cause I feel like when I started this podcast, I, haven't really done anything like it. And I guess I kind of forgot how much I enjoyed developing things. Like it was like, mm -hmm. I came up with the branding and like the name and the segments and what guests I want to have on and like all of that. Um, so it's just really cool to come up with that yourself and then see kind of where it takes you. Then it's like, yeah. oh, well, I could produce other things if like that's the part that I really like. And then exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. Um, and the last time I saw you was at your like book party in New York. Mm -hmm. And something you said like really stuck with me um, because I loved it and I didn't expect it. But <laughs> you were like, I feel like I think a lot of people assume that you hate The Bachelor franchise or that you hate being associated with the franchise. Yeah. And what, yeah. And what you said at the party was I will never be ashamed of like being recognized as The Bachelorette or being called The Bachelorette. And I just really love that because I think so many people in Bachelor Nation will be like, ew, like, I want to get away from the franchise. Like, I'm trying to move on from the franchise. I don't want to be associated with the franchise. Yeah. And for you, with everything that's happened, to be like, I'm never ashamed for you guys to recognize me from The Bachelorette. That's how you got to know me. Mm -hmm. I just thought that was so cool and refreshing. Um, 
Yeah. So like, can you talk about like why you feel like that? Yeah. I, it's actually a huge pet peeve of mine when people try to be revisionist and, and act like they're too cool or above the reality show that you signed up to be on or someone you said, yes, you signed the contract. This was, this is a part of your life. This is a part of your story. So even if you have a regret or you wish things would have been done in a different way, it's still a part of who you are and your journey and you learn something from it. So why try to act like you're above it and be better than it? I hate that. I hate when people are like, you know what? I really didn't like the bachelor when I was on it. or I really didn't like the bachelorette. It's like, you know what? Like save it, save it. We don't need all of that. And I just feel like whether, you know, and I think I said this at that event, I do have a love-hate relationship with the show, and I'm honest about that, but there is a lot of love there because there's so much that I did get from it. And I think one of the funny things when people get in my comments and they're like, oh, The Bachelor gave you everything. How dare you talk about it? And I'm like, listen, you didn't give me everything, but it definitely gave me a platform. And from that platform, I've been able to use that as a springboard for other things that I want to do. But they are right in the sense that I became popular and known outside of my circle because of the show. And I acknowledge that. And I think people should do that. And there are a lot of things that I did learn from the show, good and bad. And I take that along the journey with me. And I just think that's the reason I think it's important to say it is I think that's just a life lesson. Good or bad things that happen to you, it's a part of making you who you are. And you might have gotten a lesson, a friend, a job, something from that. And so why try to run away from it? I, I really just think it's silly. Yeah. I am the bachelor. I am the bachelor, former bachelorette. Yeah. It's part of me. It's not all of me though. I mean, you're my bachelorette. You're always going to be my bachelorette. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I loved that because I think, um, should I just lost my train of thought, but I, Hold on one second. (laughs) I do this all the time, by the way. I always lose my train of thought. I'll be on a a red carpet and I'm like, uh, hold on. I forgot the question. (laughs) You're like talking to Jennifer Lopez and you're like, hold on one second. (laughs) No, legit. Because you're thinking about so many different things. So it's like totally normal. I do it all the time. Oh, yeah. About the comment section. Like people in your comment section saying – this franchise gave you everything. Like, how could you mm-hmm. turn your back on it or whatever, whatever. And it's like, yeah, it's a huge part of your life. Obviously you found your literal husband <laughs> and yeah. it changed your life. But I just, I feel like people don't give us enough credit to where it could be both. Like I can have some gripes with the franchise mm-hmm. and be like, I didn't like some parts of it. And still at the same time be like, I am so grateful because this one thing literally changed my life. Right. Yeah. I think, yeah. and I don't know why both can't be true. Right. Because what I have learned from this audience, they, first off, they judge the women way more harshly than they judge these mediocre, can I curse? Oh yeah. <laughs> mediocre ass men that come on the show. <laughs> not all that way, but mo- the women by far to me exceed the men that they cast on this show and they're harder on the women. And I think, a lot of people from this franchise expect the women to just be nice, be pretty, and be silent. And they really don't want much more from you. Yeah. And especially women of color. They don't want that. I know. I had to literally make my own podcast just to get a mic and speak my mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, is there any part of you that like – kind of misses how heavily involved you were in Bachelor franchise? Because not because <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing, Chelsea, and not because I'm above it. I love reality TV. Same. I do a podcast that is all about Bravo shows, okay? Andy Cohen doesn't even introduce me as on the things that I do. He says super Bravo fan, Rachel Lindsay. <laughs> I love it. I am not above reality TV. I didn't watch The Bachelor before. Mm. It wasn't my cup of tea. 
So to have to watch the show after and be involved in comment, I just don't, I never liked it. I never did. I have an appreciation for it because I understand it in a completely different way now, Mm -hmm. but it's just not my show. So I like not having to watch and be involved with it. That's all. It's not personal. It's just, it's just not my style. Yeah. (laughs) I don't, I don't watch any of the love shows except love is blind. I watched for the first time this season. I don't watch love Island. I don't watch the circle. Is it's that even a love show? I don't watch any of them, so it's not even particular to The Bachelor. I don't watch 90 Day Fiance, any of it, none of it. Wait, that's so funny because we're absolutely opposite. Because I love reality TV also, but it's all the love shows like I'm Love Island, Love is Blind. I, um, what's the other one? Married at First Sight, and I don't watch like the Bravo ones or like Selling Sunset. I'm the love show girl, and I did watch watch Selling Sunset. I watch, yeah. I see. The, yeah. See. So to each their own. So that's why I have a quick no. It's not even what, all that I dealt with, even though I don't want to deal with the audience because it's just I've gotten to a point where there's just such a the the negative negativity just became so loud that yeah. I wanted to step away. But I also just don't like the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that answer. <laughs> Just don't like it. Yeah, no, I was a Bachelor fan. Like, I, you were like, maybe if not the only person that I met before I was on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to tell the story because I just think it's like a really cute, meet cute story. Um, but for those of you guys who don't know, I met Rachel at a fashion show that I was at. I was walking in a fashion show for Randy Rom, and that designer, Randy, she designs a lot of the gowns, almost like all of them for whoever the bachelorette is yes and so i was in a fashion show during fashion week and you were there getting a tattoo on stage because randy's two tattoos at that yeah show the tattoo (laughs) (laughs) oh my god it was it your it was your first tattoo no no i have three other tattoos Okay, so Rachel was getting a tattoo live on stage because Randy's collection was inspired by, like, art and tattoos. And so Rachel and I were in the same, like, backstage getting our makeup done before the show. And I was like, oh, my God, that's Rachel the Bachelorette. Like, I need to say hi to her, but, like, I don't want to be weird. And then I met you after the show, and you were so freaking nice. And we talked for a while and talked about Brian and took a selfie. And then this was in 2019. So you and had then, no idea at this point you were you were not going on no, the show. We just no, not met, even close. Yeah, n- nothing. I mean, it, it was not even on my radar because I never thought I would ever go on the show mm-hmm. because I only applied because it was like the first Black Bachelor, and I was like, oh, I already know who it is, Matt James. He lives in New York. Like we could head it off. Like maybe I'll just apply and see what happens. But I would have never like just blindly applied and then maybe gotten like I don't know Ben Higgins or Colton or something. Like I would have sure. I just wouldn't have done that. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. Um, so I had no idea. This was 2019, and then I happened to apply in 2020. And now here we are. So funny. I, I love that. I So I did not apply, like, in the same way that you did, which I love that you were like, oh, this is him. I could hit it off. My friend signed me up, and that just went through the process, and I had no idea who the bachelor was. And because I didn't watch the show, I didn't know anybody. So when my, the girlfriends who signed me up, they call me and they're like, oh my God, they just announced it. It's Nick Vile. And I'm like, who is that? I've (laughs) never heard of this person in my life because I didn't watch it. I didn't know he'd been on the show several times. I didn't even know who's the people who sees him. He was like, I knew nothing. So that's interesting. Um, So I was like, okay, well, we'll see what happens. That's always wild to me, though, because I feel like I've heard that some people on the earlier seasons literally stepped out of the limo and didn't know who The Bachelor was going to be. Oh, like, oh, oh, so no, they told us before. Maybe yeah, there were some, the yeah, yeah, there were some old, older seasons where they would get out of the limo or they would only tell them like a couple days before who it was. And they just didn't know like they were already fully there and ready to go step out of the limo before they even knew who the guy was. No, like, I don't like that kind of blind date. It's, no. just, it's not a blind dating show. That's not cute. Yeah, it's not Love is Blind. That's wild. I Can you imagine if you hop out the limo and you're like, mm, nah, <laughs> and you just, that's not what I thought. <laughs> that's something I would do. <laughs> because like, there's always people that are like hoping for, you know, because you think if you watch a season before, it's going to be between like maybe a couple of fan favorites and you're maybe hoping for one, then you get out of the limo and it's the other one. Like, <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. No, no, no. Couldn't be me. <laughs> anyway. Um, 
So I feel like I want to kind of pivot to your business mindset because obviously you're a huge inspiration to me and a lot of other people. Um, But I think one of the things I admire most about you is that obviously you're not doing it while shunning the franchise, but I think you've navigated it so well in in becoming your own brand and own person outside of it. Mm. So I kind of just wanted to know like, how you did that because I think a lot of other people and this could be by choice choose to make it their entire personality trait yeah yeah (laughs) and like for a decade and other people like you and I also think Tasha's done a good job of this too fully brand themselves and become uh an entity and a brand outside of it so how how kind of do you feel like you did that so well something you said about people make the batch of their personality I'm gonna say something and this is gonna sound mean Okay. It's, it's, sorry, it's my truth. <laughs> I think a lot of people who come on the show are really lame. <laughs> and, I that, and I think that, no, my homegirl and I from the show, Ashton and I always say, you can't buy cool. Like, you can't, you can't be, like, I hate when people make drinking a personality. I hate when people make one thing like the bachelor whatever there's so you were a whole person before you came on this show why is now this the only thing that's defining you i don't like that because you're lame i'm sorry (laughs) you are now you have to use i did start out using what people knew of me and i think that was important so two things I didn't shut down The Bachelor and say, I'm too good for it. I'm the first Black Bachelorette. I don't need this. People know me as The Bachelorette. I have a connection to this. So I'm going to build my brand off of certain things that are about me and The Bachelorette. So one thing that I think a lot of people coming off the show get caught up in is they don't have a vision of where they want to go and what they want to be. It's like, oh, I want to host or, oh, I want to act. And there's no like, okay, so how am I going to make that happen? That's the end goal. What are the steps that I need to do to get there? A lot of times it's easy so much. You know, when you come off the show, so much is thrown at you. And it's easy to take the low-hanging fruit. I'm going to be on this show. I'm going to be, just take every deal that comes my way rather than standing, like not being afraid to say no. Because there is the desire to want to be relevant and keep that relevancy going because you know in six months another another group is coming in. For me, it was important not to take the low-hanging fruit and to know where I wanted to go, but then also use, you know, when I was the bachelorette, I was billed as like built as build as the outspoken attorney. And I knew that I'm opinionated and I knew that I wanted to get into a space where I was a media personality. And so I thought, how can I use that, but then tie it to the bachelorette? Because that is what people want to hear from me at this moment. But I also want to show that I can have an opinion and I can talk about things in a nuanced way. And I'm not afraid to say what people are thinking. And that's how I could like took my where I wanted to go and tied it to the bachelorette. And so you know, I was fortunate enough to also, I had a good team around me. And I think that's really important. I immediately had a manager. I didn't have an agent, but that's what I had to help me navigate some of it as well, because you have to be smart enough to know what you don't know. So from there, I was able to take that opinion with being the bachelorette and then go on you know, different shows. I also took my passion for sports because that's what my major is in. And I started I still kept my full-time job, which I think was important. Mm -hmm. And then on the weekends or where I had free time, I would fly myself, pay myself, do things for free just to get that visibility, to to create content, to create a reel, to show I was serious and kept thinking of things in a different way. I wrote for free for Us Weekly. And then that kept, I had like controversial opinions. I would piss people off. And I think that (laughs) part of being a media personality is being polarizing at times, if you want to be opinion-based. And I would do that as well. And and so like, I wanted to write, I wanted to talk, anything that I could do to show that I was serious about this lane. And I said no to a lot of other things. I also think too, and all this is to create the foundation when you, you talk about like building a brand and business networking. I think that's such an underrated thing. You have to be fearless 
because with social media and technology, we don't have to talk to each other in the way that we did before. And I think that that's lost on a lot of people. Mm. When you go to events, know who the publicists are, know who, like who set this up, know, have targeted people that you want to talk to, let express your interest, find a connection. Did you, are you, did you grow up from the same city, same college? Do you have mutual friends? Stalk them on social media, whatever it is to connect, to build a relationship because that planting seeds goes so far. Me having a podcast with The Ringer was doing um, bachelor party and then making that connection and building a friendship and talking to Bill Simmons. And I'm a big sports fan and he's somebody that I, I've always wanted to work with. So like building that extra, I would come on and give my opinion about bachelor stuff. I would talk with executives when I was here, just, you know, as a former bachelorette and like planting those seeds and showing people and expressing my interest. My agent helps facilitate all that, but it was the networking that helped create it and just staying persistent. And then knowing that it doesn't come easy. Like everybody looks for a viral moment for things to happen quickly or think things should happen quickly just because they were on a national, you know, a huge TV show, mm-hmm. but it's really about putting in the work and being consistent. Yeah. I think, Everything you said was so smart because obviously I can relate. Like coming off the show, there's a lot of things being thrown at you. You've never like had all this attention and all these followers happening at once. And then you don't know exactly where to take it. Um, And I was even scared to like sign up, like get management because I was like, I don't want to attach myself to the wrong people. And then your team like makes a huge difference. Like you need to have people that are willing to say no. Like I didn't want. The reason I did sign with my manager, my current manager, she's still the same one, is because when I was on the phone with her, she was like, I don't want you to be one of those people that just like takes everything as a money grab. And then like basically in six months, you have nothing like I want to build yeah. with you from the from from now so that you can actually have a brand and a career that lasts later. That's and amazing. yeah, and she is amazing. And that's why I picked her because I was like, that's brilliant, because I think a lot of people come off the show and. I think a lot of it is because of fear. I think people have fear that they're going to like become irrelevant and that they're not going to be able to monetize the platform. And so they're like, okay, let me like, I've never seen this kind of money before for a post. Like, let me just grab whatever it is and I'll take this and I'll take this. And it's a bunch of money at first. And then you have nothing left in a year. (laughs) Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. And then taxes come and you got to pay that back. Those 1099s. I just think direction is so important. Because so many people will come off the show to me and say, I want to be on TV. I want, you have such a mm. cool job. I want to do what you do. And I'm like, if you saw me, like, I just got this. I, yeah. I, you know, I got, first off, it's been six years since I've been off The Bachelorette and seven since The Bachelor. So this didn't just happen for me. I went back and practiced law for two years. Oh, I didn't then, know that. Yeah. Like after The Bachelorette, I didn't finish I was still an attorney. I was in trial as I was being announced for The Bachelorette. And then I didn't stop practicing till like the very end of December of 2018. So 2019, I started fresh. Um, But I went back. And I think that's a lot that people don't see. They just see what I'm doing now. And they don't realize I didn't get a full-time job on TV until four years after The Bachelor, the first time people saw me. Mm. So like it takes time to build it. And you just have to trust in yourself, believe in yourself, and just really stay dedicated to to that. Yeah. And do you feel like you already knew, like, when you came off the show, what lane you were trying to go in? Like, you already felt pretty sure about it? Because you said, like, having direction is so important mm-hmm. before you, like, kind of get thrown into the, <laughs> to the craziness. So you already yeah. knew. I knew I didn't want to go on another reality show. And I, I knew I didn't want Brian and I to have a reality show. If we mm. were hosting it, that's one thing. But I knew it didn't want to be about us. I knew I didn't want to go on Housewives because <laughs> we were approached to trial for that. Um, I knew that I wanted to be, I loved when I went through the interview, not interview process, but when I was um, bachelorette and I was being interviewed, I loved that. And that was for the first time where I was like, I want to do that. I want to have mm. conversations with people and ask questions and just get to know them and, and connect with them. I love that. And that's what, so coming out of the show, I was like, I want to be a media personality, but 
sports was my background. So I remember I came off of ES to ESPN right off the show and I was like, this is it. Um, I was in sports law. My major was sports management. They know this. I'm going to get my dream job. And they literally were like, no, we're just <laughs> fans of the show. We think you're cool. We just wanted to meet you. And it was the best no I could have gotten because I wasn't ready for that. I would have, if they'd given me a show, I would, it would have bombed. And I would have not, I would not, would not be where I am today because people would remember that. But that, that no was beautiful because it was like, no, they still see me just as the bachelorette. They forget that I was an attorney or that I've worked, had sports jobs before. So now it gave me the opportunity to reinvent myself from the ground up. And that's when I was like, I'm focused on this. I want to be a media personality in sports. But mm. then when I realized people had interest in entertainment, I was like, well, why can't I be both? And then I started saying I wanted to be the female Michael Strahan because he does sports. He does entertainment. He hosts game shows. He does it all. He has a business. And now I'm like, call him up about stuff. I'm like, okay, well, would you do this? Would you take this? Let me that. <laughs> so it's just cool how that all comes together. But that was, I knew I wanted to do stuff. Mainly TV was my focus. Mm -hmm. But once I stepped into the world of podcasting, I was like, oh my gosh, I love this way more than I thought I did. <laughs> and I think that's, you know, I had a focus of wanting to connect and talk with people, but I didn't necessarily know exactly how that was going to look. Mm -hmm. And I think staying open, knowing what you want, but staying open to the possibilities, so much can come your way. I never thought I'd be podcasting, write a book, a fiction book. I knew I'd always write a memoir, but not, not a fiction book. I didn't know I would do like a show like Ghosted. I did not, none of that I knew. And you know how I got ghosted? How? Because I was on Wild and Out. I am a super fan of that show. I still watch Wild and Out. I think it's so funny. And so is Brian. And I was on my couch one day and I remember we were drinking wine and we were laughing and I was like, I should be on this show. <laughs> and I text my publicist and the next day he was like, there are actually producers that are fans of The Bachelor. They would love to have you come on. So a bachelorette had never been on. And I just had such a good time. And I was connecting with people. A year later, they approached me and they were like, we have a good show for you. So it's like all of that, those kinds of things, planting seeds. I mm -hmm. like Even now, I say yes to going to so many events because I never know who I'm going to meet and connect with. Yeah. I think the piece you said about networking is super, super important too, because it's like, I go to like so many events in New York and I think it didn't hit me until later <laughs> that like, cause I get so many emails in the inbox and I don't, I didn't think about the PR people as like people that I needed to actually meet when I got there. That sounds weird, but like they just sound Most like a name. Most people don't think that. Like it sounds like it's just like a name in an inbox and you get an invite from this random person, this random person, this random person. And then it took me until like a year ago to realize like, wait, they hold the keys to everything. <laughs> They and then they keepers. Yes. And they move around from this PR company to this one. So it's like if you meet one here this year and they work for this shoe brand, maybe next year they're going to be the ones letting you into a fashion week show or like working in the production space. Like it's just so, so, so important. Um, and, and it helps yeah. build your reputation, you know, mm -hmm. like there, you know, even with, with what I do with extra, there are people, there are on air personalities who publicists are like, no, we're not going to bring that person you mm. to that person because they're going to ask you this type of question. You start to get a reputation with them. Like for me, you're just going to have fun. Like I'm not going to do a gotcha or a <laughs> headlight, you know, like anything like that. It's like, let's just have a good time. Let's talk. So it's, and they're and publicists to me are always fun. You know, yeah. yes, they have to be gatekeepers. Yes. They have to be tough, tough, but they're fun people at the same time. Yeah. And what you said about being open to the possibilities is also amazing because you just really never know. You don't never know who you're talking to in the room. Like you always want to be humble. You always want to be nice to yes. everyone you meet. And you always want to be open to like where it could lead. Because I never thought I'd be hosting a podcast either. <laughs> and I don't know where this podcast is going to lead me. I'm hoping somewhere great. Um, but yeah, it's just really, really good advice. And I think that obviously everyone can't relate to like being on a TV show and mm -hmm. like how to break out of the franchise. But I think everyone – a lot of people can relate to kind of being put in a box. So yes. what advice would you have for anyone who feels like they've kind of been put in a box and they don't know how to get out of it? Like in regards to in general or in reality TV, are you saying like 
been no, not even, yeah, not even reality TV. I just mean in general, like if people feel like they've been put in a certain category, like career wise, or like Mm. they want to break out and move to a different lane, maybe. Yeah, no, I feel that because I practiced law before and it was really hard for me to let that go because it's what I always said I wanted to do. And it defined me for such a long time but I knew I wasn't feeling fulfilled and I knew I had other desires. I just didn't know. I was too scared to step. It's, it's comfortable to stay in a box, yep. you know, whether your family's putting you there, your friends or your significant other, or even just yourself. But if you take the risk, you never know what's on the other side of it. And the reward can be so great. And at the end of the day, it might be a no, but at least you can say you tried rather than living in a place of wondering you're trapped in your own mind. How, how awful does that sound when you say that out loud? Well, like I really want to be a model, but I just don't, I'm too afraid to, or no, I'm comfortable here. But like, but what if you tried, Mm -hmm. what if you stepped out, like you moved from where you were from and moved to New York and you tried it, who could you meet? Where could it lead you to like that kind of stuff? It's so scary. And yes, it's easier said than done. And it took me till the age of 31 to do it for the first time. But I always think about what if I had said no to all of this? And I stayed in that place, that dead end relationship that was going nowhere, that job that, you know, I was successful, but I wasn't fulfilled. And I use that to check when I get scared. I go back to that moment of that girl sitting in her office before someone knocked on her door and said, you should be on The Bachelor to check myself. I'm like, okay, it's, you know, 1144 on a Friday. What would I be doing? What would I be doing if I had said no to being on The Bachelor all the time? So I say, you just have to go for it and you have to trust yourself and know that if you do get a no, that doesn't have to be the end of it. Build on that nose and stand on them until you get a yes. Yeah, I'm exactly like you in that I would much rather take a scary risk than have the what if wondering feeling. Mm -hmm. Like the reason that I quit my corporate job and became a model was because the fear of kind of like missing out on the window to be a model was bigger than the fear of failing. (laughs) So I was like, I'm scared either way, but I would much rather take the leap, fail and be able to live with myself and be like, okay, at least I tried. Yeah. (laughs) Dolly Parton says, um, because obviously she's insanely successful and still is. She keeps going. She said in an interview, my desires have always been greater than my fears. Mm. And I was like, that is so, like, think about all the things people could be doing if they weren't afraid to. It's just fear. Fear will hold you back from so much. A career, a person. A whole life. Yeah, a whole (laughs) life. A whole life. Yeah, like some people literally never move out of their hometown and just stay there because they're comfy. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, one more thing I kind of wanted to touch on, which is I'm so I've been in uh, the Hamptons this week and oh, I'm like with <laughs> yeah, hair flip. Um, <laughs> no, I'm with like a couple other creators and oh. we one of them is from Love is Blind and one of them is from Love Island. It's kind of like a reality TV week. Wait, but this season of Love is Blind? No, I was oh, going to say what, she was that's on. That's all I know. That's yeah, all I know. <laughs> she was on last season. It's Nancy. She was the one that okay. was with Bartise. It was a very like shocking couple. But we're kind of like, like three of us are all women of color. We're all creators now. And so last night we were literally just like sipping wine and talking about like how there's really not a lot of paid transparency as far as like mm. being a creator and stuff and being in the entertainment industry. And so I just love to talk about it anytime I came on the podcast because I'm just like, I feel like there's power in speaking about it. And we don't like we have no idea what other people are getting paid a lot of times in like influencing. So like we were just talking about money and stuff. Um, and I, I asked them about you and I asked like what would because they're both fans of you. But I was like, Aww. what would you want to hear from Rachel Lindsay? And they were like, I would love to hear about like how as a woman of color, you make sure that like you're getting paid what you're worth in the entertainment industry? Yeah, that I mean, that's a great question. And I agree with you about pay transparency. Like, you know, in, in some, 
I wouldn't say it on a microphone because, you know, like, I, I don't know if my the other correspondent down the hall is getting paid <laughs> what I am. Yeah. But I would tell you on a one-off conversation. Right. And I think that there should be more than that because let's just say I make $20,000 on an Instagram post. Why would I not tell you that? That's not going to stop me from getting it. That's just going to let you know what you need to, it's like, it doesn't stop your money. And I wish people would still would see that. I'm so open, like off mic, I would tell you all of that. Now I'm not going to on mic because there's, yeah, yeah, there's, right. there's a difference. There's a difference. But yeah. you're right. Like in a one-on-one conversation, you should, you should do that more often. Um, I wait, what was your question though about the, you asked me? Yeah. How do you make sure that like you're kind of oh. getting paid what you're worth? Obviously you yeah. have a team, but still it's like sometimes even when I have a team and I know my manager fights hard for me and everything else, it's like if I can't compare myself to a white blonde girl that's doing the exact same campaign, like I never ever feel comfortable knowing like, am I getting shorted? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know you'll mean? never know. You'll, I know. Th- the thing is you'll never know and you just have to hope that the person who's negotiating for you does know what the rates are mm. and does a good job for you because I was shocked. Like as, as women, people of color, mm-hmm. we are not getting paid what white people are getting paid for their social media. And yeah. that was made clear to me when I was talking to an agent who represents a lot of people. And she was telling me that her clients make over a million dollars. And I was like, I was the first black bachelorette. I have a pretty decent following and I have never even made close to a million dollars on social media ads. Or I'll even give Jason Tartik. He, I think he has a great podcast and, and, and the questions that he asks. And I don't listen all the time, but I see clips. And even the way he talks about, oh, I got this six figure deal. Mm-hmm. I've had one. And that even came in pieces. So I'm like, that has never even been presented to me. So there is this realization of like, and this is why there should be paid transparency, at least amongst other people of color, because we are not, either we're not getting paid that, or we're just not even getting presented with the opportunities to make that. And I think it's more of the latter. We're not even getting presented with that. And whether that's our agents not doing that or these brands not coming to us. And that's something that should be talked about more. I am sorry. Why the fuck are people making a million dollars on on social media ads and like haven't even come close to that in a year? Yeah. It's ridiculous. We were literally talking about the same thing last night because I know people too that have said they've made a million dollars and over six figures in one year. And I'm like, Am I doing something wrong or exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like it it actually is wild. And what you said about like the opportunity not even being presented, like it makes me think about luxury brands too, because I get I think I get a lot more into a lot more doors because I was on reality TV as a black person mm-hmm. than other influencers that just are black and are just creators and social media people. So yeah. I think like the reality TV part puts me in a lot of spaces where like I'll be the only black creator at creator events in New York. Yeah. Um, and that door wouldn't have necessarily been there for me had I not been on the show. Mm-hmm. And then even that though, like even that I'm still not getting paid the same amount. And then I'm not getting like, there are certain events and opportunities in the luxury space that like I've never been presented. And a lot of people that don't look like me have, and I'm just like, that's, that is insane. But like, I love that we're talking about it and that you're being transparent about it too, because it's just like, it's crazy. And for anybody listening, don't give me the one person of color who's, who's doing it. Cause the thing is, is you're pointing to the one, there are so many non people of color who are getting so much money. Cause, cause you like, I don't care how many jobs I have. It is inevitable. It is in, it's human nature to compare yourself to other people. And it's like, how are they doing that? How did they get that? How does this happen? Why do I have to have five jobs to get <laughs> to this level? And you've got one. And it's yeah. just the reality of the social construct of this society that we live in. We just, it's in, it's in corporate America. It's outside of it. It's in social media. And we just aren't presented with the same opportunities or treated the same way that our counterparts are. Yeah. 
I mean, I've gotten comfortable saying like no a lot of times just because I'm like, I know for a fact you're paying somebody else more money for the same thing for no apparent reason. Like people that have the similar following, similar people that have been on my damn season <laughs> of the show. Yeah. And I'm just like, I would rather just say no than be paid less than what I'm worth for what I, and my manager, that's another reason why I love her. She she's like, she does not put up with that shit. Like she will literally see other that's creators good. and then me and she'll be like, uh-uh, we're not doing that. Don't work with them. Um but yeah, no, I love that. Thank you for talking about it and being open about it. Um, my last question for all of my guests, I don't want to end, like I want to talk to you forever, but <laughs> my last question is, is there anything that you want to be vulnerable about? Oh. Are you like a, like a vulnerable, emotional person? Would you consider yourself? I, I, was, I was literally about to say, I, I grew up looking at it as a sign of weakness and it, I don't want to say that that's what was how I was raised, but my dad would say, I mean, you're a Lindsay. This is what you're supposed to do. This is how, like, you know, and I always felt like even in the profession that I chose being a lawyer and then really loving sports and working in that, there wasn't room to be vulnerable or to express those emotions because you never wanted to, you didn't look like weakness, even though I totally think being vulnerable is a sign of strength. Mm -hmm. Um, and weakness, but I've had to change that mindset and, you know, woo, therapy helps with that. <laughs> um, what do I want to be vulnerable about? I, um, I'm trying to think of which way I want to go with this. It's not that I can't be vulnerable. I'm just trying to think. Of, <laughs> I wasn't thinking that it's okay. Uh, I struggle with vulnerability myself and that's why I kind well, of made this podcast and push myself to do it. <laughs> well, kind of what I was saying, you know, I think it's important. Uh, I'm, I am a confident person. And I think a lot of people would, would say like, Rachel's so confident and I am, but something that I just said makes me think of this. Like I have a lot of weak moments where I am comparing myself to other people, wondering how they got that, how they're, they have the money for this, how they're able to travel for this, how they're able to have like this look, you know, look this way. And it weighs on me sometimes. And, and I can't even just say, oh, it's because of the industry that we're in. It's just the world we live in because mm -hmm. everything is so accessible. And we live in a society where people want to flaunt and show off the things they have. And so it's so easy. And sometimes I get in like in a really dark place about that like feeling the pressure to either compete, to show it off or to, you know, question, like, why do they have this? And so, you know, I, I just say that because I don't want people to think that I'm above it. Mm. And I think that you can be the most confident person and it's inevitable. You're going to, to compare yourself to somebody or something. And I would just encourage people to say, listen, I have those days and I, that's, and I have to detach. I have to disconnect whether it be social media, whether it be turn off the TV, whether it be not listen to something. Cause I can watch something and be like, Oh, I wish I was that smart. I'm not smart enough for this. <laughs> and I just have to center myself. And I think that that's important. And I'm also saying this and being vulnerable with this because I think right now I'm not doing a good job of centering myself. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think when I get away from that, I get lost in other people's stuff rather than focusing on my own. So that's what I'm yeah. vulnerable about. I think that's super powerful and relatable coming from you because we all see, you know, the public facing version of you that you present, you know, because we all present a version of ourselves online. Right. And it's just nice to hear that, you know, you also do the same thing as everybody else. Like I compare myself to people too, even though I know it puts me in a negative space and I don't want to, but it's just sometimes you have those days. <laughs> All of yeah. people's pictures on social media, I'm like, look at them. They look so happy. And, and like Brian and I would have had an argument. I'm like, look, uh, they're so perfect. And it's yeah. like, God, they probably are. You know, how many times have you seen people post a pretty picture? And then the next day they're like, so we're, we've chosen to separate. Yeah. And, and so it's like, even that, I'm like, oh, they're so happy. And we just argued. No, Rachel, yeah. everybody goes has like ups and downs. It's, yeah, it's yeah. not healthy, but it's, it, it is healthy to recognize it and figure out what you need to do to, to 
to detach yourself from those thoughts and get back to knowing who you are and what you offer and bring to the table and how beautiful that is. Yeah. What are some of the things that you do to center yourself when you get in those? I love to walk my dogs. I love to pretend that I'm listening to something in my AirPods on a walk (laughs) and I'm just listening to my own thoughts. I'm never listening to music unless I'm running or or like walking exercise. I am never listening to anything, but I love to pretend that I am. I love morning walks. I just love like being with nature in that way. I love hikes, you know, LA thing. Um, I, I wish I, I love ASMR. I am so into ASMR. Really? I will listen to it. I will probably get in the car from here and listen to ASMR, which is, I don't recommend cause it does make me sleepy, but <laughs> it is so relaxing to me. It is. I love it. You have to find the right trigger for yourself. Otherwise it can be irritating. Uh-huh. Yeah. I love it. Um, And that has kind of taken the place of meditating for me. I need to get back into it. But I've been more into the ASMR lately than I have been into meditating. I wish I journaled. I'm not a journaler. Um, Yoga. And I like yoga with like a sound bath element. There's a good place in LA that does that. But yeah, like those are my main things. Sometimes singing to myself out loud. It's essentially <laughs> my favorite song. Just like getting it out. It's like screaming almost, you know? Yeah, no, that's one of my favorite things because I will literally have a shower concert and that like grounds me, makes me feel better, right? puts me in a good headspace. I do like to journal, but I don't do it as much as I should, but I do like it. <laughs> I wish I wish I journaled more. Yeah. Well, Thank you so, so much for being here. You have been a pleasure as always. Um, Please tell everyone where they can find you, your book, your podcast, your five jobs. (laughs) (laughs) Those are are going down. Um, Thank you. This has been so much fun. I've loved this conversation. And congratulations to you on your podcast. You're doing a fantastic job. And I can't wait to see where this takes you. Um, You can find me on all social media at the Rach Lindsay, even on TikTok. I'm not good at it. Even on TikTok. Oh my God. Last night I went to this young Hollywood party. It was Mm -hmm. the Transformer movie and young Hollywood. And I went with my friend, Justin Sylvester. And we were like, how did we get invited to this? We were the (laughs) oldest people at this party. I've never felt more old in my life. Everybody was a TikToker. I recognize like three of them, but I know that there were like big TikTokers there. And I thought, and Justin told me like years ago, he went to a young Hollywood party and it was like actors and musicians. And now the Young Hollywood Party, it's all influencers. So it just shows you where things are headed and the power and all that. Anyways, I'm digressing, but you can find me at at, um, at the Rach Lindsay on all social media platforms. And you can buy my book, Real Love. You can still get Miss Me with that if you haven't already, but you can get that wherever books are sold. Um, you can watch me on Extra. And if you miss it on TV, you can catch it on YouTube. All the great interviews are on YouTube. You can also catch me on Higher Learning. New episodes drop every Tuesday and Friday. And you can catch me doing Morally Corrupt. Episodes drop every Friday as well, where we cover all things Bravo. <laughs> Amazing. Um, you can find us on YouTube at Vulnerable Pod. I also made a new TikTok for the podcast. So it's at Vulnerable Pod. And then you can find me on Instagram at Chelsea Vaughn. You can watch this full episode on YouTube. So definitely do that and subscribe. And other than that, we'll see you guys next episode. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you.